Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If it doesn't work, you're just not using enough. You're listening to Soft Web Radio, special operations military news, and straight talk with the guys in the community. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Soft Rep Radio and Video, if you're watching us on any of those platforms. My name is Rad, and I am the host, and I have a cool show today. So I'm going to be talking about psychedelic treatments, and I have a special guest, uh, and that's for military veterans and those who have suffered from some severe post-traumatic stress disorder and are looking to you know, find another outlet. So I've got Jesse Gold here, and he is a former ranger with the United States Army. Jesse, go ahead and do a little more introduction on yourself, please. Tell us a little bit more about your rangerness, sir. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And pleasure to be here, Rad. Uh, glad to join you around the, the fire in the background. Yeah, so in terms of the military career, I actually joined after going to, to college, enlisted, 
Went in through Ranger, ended up at 1st Battalion, 75th Ranger Regiment in Savannah, Georgia. And then over the course of my military career, ended up being non-commissioned officer, section leader. So for a few of the deployments uh, in charge of 30 or so junior Rangers and deployed to Afghanistan three times, three different tours. Let me ask you something. When you go out on a tour as a Ranger in Afghanistan, are you going out for like a year at a time or is it like one of those 90 day spins? Is that, what am I hearing? Tell me how that kind of went. Yeah. So a little bit in between. So Ranger has been one of the most, the constant, one of the most constant deployed sort of units. So there's three Ranger battalions and at any given point, one of those battalions is always overseas. And so they each stint is about four to five months. Sometimes they can be longer. Sometimes they can be a bit shorter, but generally it's on average there. So essentially half the year you're training and then half the year you're deployed and you just rinse and repeat every year. So it's not uncommon for you know Rangers who have been in for, for quite a while to have 15 to 20 combat deployments under their belt, which in comparison is, is pretty wild. Right. Because if that was even in a full year's length, like what the average, like maybe airman that deploys to a base, you know, to maintain the base and everything for that year, you know, you, you're fast, you guys are high speed and just moving fast and constantly going into whatever uh, mission is put in front of you. Right. And it has to be done with surgical capabilities where you guys are just going in. So your mind is constantly thinking and you have to always be like aware of everything and, and, what I'm getting at is, you know, what you do is you work with soldiers who have been through that and who have been spun up real fast as Rangers and yeah. Special Operation Forces guys to say, hey, 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 you got to go do this right now and you got to do this. And all of a sudden there's like a concussion from a blast on the door that they had to use or anything like that. And now they're dealing with maybe like a traumatic brain injury from such situations and uh, the stress of those combat deployments. 15, 15 five-month deployments. That's a lot because Rangers are going in and just hitting it, right? Yeah, so the reason it's a shorter sort of, there's some units that do 12 and, and 16 years, and, and it's not a comparison at all. There, there's people that are over there that are doing some intense stuff, occupation and patrols. I, w- I wouldn't want to change pace, but the Ranger sort of style is, you know, high intensity sort of mission sets and high value targets. And so, you know, they go in with very directive sort of action, raids, ambushes, other sort of methods and the op tempo when you're over there is is pretty consistent so you could be doing a mission every night every couple of nights and just constantly going constantly going and so it's pretty intense but you know like a lot of other special ops too the training is often even more intense because the whole idea behind it is to put you in situations where if the worst case scenario you're going to be fully prepared right so you have training like, you know, the selection process in itself is very intense. Training like Ranger School, uh, which is a big sort of uh, multi-month thing where you're just not sleeping, not eating, and still doing missions. Like all these, like, do their own wear and tear. And then be even at home, just going to the ranges. All this training, it, it's like sometimes the deployment's actually a little bit of a break because you're just doing your job and there's not much else. So it's it's... Just being in that that lifestyle, it's very intense. It can be very hard on family. So I guess where I'm going with that, Jesse. Oh, go ahead. On a side note, the internet's a little bit unstable. Is that on my side or? Are you having issues right now? Because I see you fine. You're seeing. I'm not, but it's like your pic. 
that's okay. Yeah, just if that's not going to come through on the recording, then you know it's just the way we live in this world today to try to get an interview of such you know awesomeness to happen. You know, I'm cool with uh, rolling with these punches. Uh, what I want to lead though is I'm going to keep this all in here, and it just shows that we're real. You know, like we're actually having these conversations about mm-hmm. you getting spun up. You and your men and, you know, all of those rangers and everybody attached to those units are getting spun up and going off and doing these missions. And then you come home and there's no more spun up. You got family life for those that are married with families that are falling back into like, you know, the husband role. And the mom's been there the whole time trying to be the husband, the father, the, you know, the foundation while the husband's deployed doing these five month fast rotations and et cetera. And he comes home now and boom, here's a brick wall because all of a sudden everything's kind of slow, slows down. Right. So how does someone like that going from being spun so much? All right. You know, it's, it's the job you've chosen. You've been, you know, you volunteered probably to go through Ranger. So I'm not saying that it's a, it's a bad thing, but how do you get out of that? And then how do you recover from that? I guess that's what I'm looking for. Recovery from such things, right? You high speed, you've done that. Tell me how you've decided on recovery and what you can do to help veterans listening right now that have done that and reach out to you, please, Jesse. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a decision. I just, like many other veterans, ranger, non-ranger, I hit walls when I got out of, I think when you're in that lifestyle of high pace, you're going so fast, you don't have time to sit down and realize sort of the the toll it takes or the damage that can happen because you just have to go on to the next. And then in the meantime, oftentimes the families are suffering because they're just seeing somebody that becomes more and more either detached or just very regimented or emotional and Outburst with outbursts, and so, and then when you get out in the civilian world, it tends to be sort of a slower pace, but also a much different pace. And so that's when a lot of times when people really struggle. I mean, they might have already struggled in the service, but a lot of times the the hits the fan when uh, when when they're out. And so that was sort of the same with me. I was in a finance job and kind of that nine to five life, and. It was just when a lot of the issues that I was pretty good at ignoring were really coming to surface and, and hitting me pretty hard. And so just drinking too much, just a lot of depression, anxiety, you know, the, the checklist of the stuff that we all go through. And, you know, I was just like, what's going on? And I tried certain things like exercising and changing lifestyles and habits and helped a little bit, but it still couldn't get me past this sort of barrier of just, you know, feeling bad or, or, or just, you know, dark cloud is couldn't get past it. And so try to go through the VA. How to feel maybe it seems, huh? Yeah. It was just like, for me, it was just unhappy. It was just like yeah. the world was bland and it was just like kind of going through, I was doing well on the outside, but it was just like, there was no gratification to it. It was just like the world was kind of like when I was really depressed, the world was gray and, like I said, I was just drinking too much and I was just causing all sorts of fluctuations and bad, healthy health decisions, you know, the, the normal sort of list there. And, you know, when I went to the VA, it was just kind of the straight path to, to whatever medications. And, you know, I wasn't really interested in, in pursuing that route at that point. I was just like, I got to figure this out. It's not just suppress it with something else other than alcohol. It just seemed like another sort of like way to avoid it and not not counteract it. So fortunately, around that time, I, I heard about ayahuasca, the psychedelic that comes from the South American Amazon. And, you know, at first I heard it, not a drug user, never had an interest in psychedelics. And so I just kind of like cast it off of like, okay, more people doing drugs, awesome. But for whatever reason, it, it sort of stuck in my head because I heard these stories of people actually overcoming 
some of their issues, some of their traumas. And I think I was just at that point of I needed something and there really wasn't any other option, other tools in the U.S. or in the Western sort of mind frame. And so I was just like, all right, well, whatever I'm doing right now is not sustainable. So let me, why not? Let's give this a shot. Like if I stay on this path, it's it's not going to end up well. So let's let's give myself the best chance. So I went there and, and pursued this ayahuasca retreat. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Say that again. Ayahuasca. Is that what you're saying? Ayahuasca. There's an A in there, right? It's ayahuasca. Is that right? Yeah, ayahuasca. Yeah. A-Y-A-H-U-A-S-C-A. Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. And it's from the Amazon, and it's probably been around for a long time because tribes and the culture of the Amazon, you know, prior to smallpox coming through from (laughs) explorers was thriving with like, you know, cities of gold. And they probably were like, we know what this is. This is something that we use. Maybe shaman would probably use something like that. Would you maybe agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's hard to find, you know, the specific origin and and evidence because a lot of the culture, their tribal communities, there's not a lot of like written languages in, in some of those communities, but just from some historical records and, and we can kind of dictate, you know, it's, it's been used for thousands of years at its core. So for people who don't know, ayahuasca is the combination of two plants. It's a vine that's found in the Amazon and a leaf. And when those are like boiled together, boiled down, boiled down, boiled down, it creates this thick sort of drink. And then when you drink it, it, uh, it, brings this psychedelic sort of state that lasts about four to five hours and it can be very intense. But what we do, what you can kind of extrapolate is a lot of tribes, and this is across the Amazon. So in Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil, tribes from many distinct parts have different traditions of using this substance. So it's pretty commonplace in that. And as you said, traditionally is used you know depending on the tribe but traditionally is used by the shaman or the tribe's healers who were responsible for the health not only physical health mental health spiritual health and so that the shaman would use this as well as other plants so if you go 
to Peru and, and the person who's sort of a healer in their community, they can go into the Amazon and point out a tree or a bush and be like, this is good for your stomach. This is good as an anesthetic, anesthetic, sorry. Sure. No, and, no, it's you know, good. The, the ayahuasca really, really had the spiritual mental health sort of component to it. So how does that come into your life again? Because you find out about this ayahuasca. You've been going to the Veterans Administration Hospital, which is what the VA stands for, for those of you listening and maybe didn't know what VA is. The VA is referred to as just a, you know, a hospital for veterans that get to go to have health benefits. And there's nice people there. And I, I just want to let some people know that, you know, it's not all so bad at the VA. Like uh, they did help uh, my, my father and my grandfather, but there's just some handcuffs on the doctors and the staff there to be able to provide treatments. And I think that if the VA was to actually holistically look at the situation and incorporate certain things and try some things federally, it might benefit us as a society at the VA to not have, because you have to go somewhere else to do this. If it was just at the VA, we wouldn't be saying the VA is not helping provide this, you know, and the VA could very well provide this. They very well could provide this. I just want to be that clear about that. Yeah, I'd be hesitant in terms of like an ayahuasca ceremony. I don't know if I'd go to the VA, but they can provide like better modalities and then right, they're right. starting to get there. And, and to your point, right. you know, there, there's amazing people at the VA and I don't want to discourage people from going there, but it's like everything else. You should be informed and, and know what, what tools are out there so that you go into that prepared. And like you said, the VA is handcuffed. It's a federal organization. It's a slow moving bureaucracy. Right. But there is starting to be traction. So some other substances that are similar to psychedelics like MDMA and ketamine are starting to be explored. And those both have very powerful benefits in a very similar way as what our nonprofit does. So little by little, it's getting there. We're starting to break the ice a little bit about what these scary drugs are and actually understanding that a lot of them have tremendous healing potential when used in, you know, an intention-based way. And so that's kind of what the, so to your question, I found myself in this spot in Tampa working in finance and I was just miserable and my life was going downhill. Heard about this ayahuasca, had nothing else going and there's like nothing in my, what I was doing right then was worth really preserving and so I was like, okay, let's let's give it a shot. Let's go to Peru. And so I did some research, found a spot to do it, traditional sort of retreat center, and went there and went over the course of a week, had three traditional or four traditional ayahuasca ceremonies. And so each night you would drink it, go into this very intense sort of psychedelic space, and it can be different for everybody. But for me, it was just, it was a fight. <laughs> I will say that. But the reason why potentially it works, psychedelics in general, is because, especially us as veterans, we're very good at compartmentalizing our emotions. We're very good at making this framework to where we don't have to deal with these emotions because that makes us oftentimes better operators in the moment if we don't have any other tools to process this. And so with psychedelics, it puts you in this altered state of mind where, one, your ego can no longer suppress it. But two, the traumas, the, these strong emotions actually come to the surface. And there's actually a lot of evidence that say, like, when we suppress these emotions, suppress these traumas, it can actually do a lot of physical body damage. It can cause a lot of disease. And so, and obviously the, the mental sides and how we interact. And so bringing these up and then, one, just processing it through that, but then also reframing it. So because the psychedelic 
connects different centers in our mind. It creates this sort of it enhances creativity, almost like a, an enhanced, very intense dreamlike state. And so part in a, in a psychotherapy sort of framework, a big tool is reframing. And that can be very hard just talking to the therapist. But with the psychedelic, when you go into that because it's making all these connections and this thing that was traumatizing to you, you can see it from different angles, different lenses. You can see yourself interact with it. So one, you're either not the victim or two, you can get past guilt or you can move on from it or just process it in a different way. And so then that allows you to reframe it in your mind. So it's not this repetitive loop that keeps you in that PTSD state. And so we've seen that from across the people we've worked with where they had childhood trauma. They're able to revisit that and sort of review where they're at, that they weren't the victim or what they've been able to create sense or that it wasn't their fault or military trauma where they realized that they were just in that situation or that, you know, they did everything they could or that that was just, you know, part of that, that nature of life and they're able to move on and that they should love themselves, that they're deserving of love. And so all these things can happen. And so for me, a combination of that and, and just processing this, I came out of that week just, you know, a new man without all that baggage I'd been carrying that I didn't even know I was carrying and I didn't really, it took a while to process because it's so ineffable. It's so hard to understand in sort of a descriptive way, but I definitely felt better. And things that bothered me before, like major anxiety and depression, just no longer had as much of a hold on me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Wow, so you came out of that situation with a new perspective, it seems like. That's what I just got from that. Like, it just opened you up to what was inside of you because it's in you. It's the things you're dealing with are, are, are you. You take this, eat this, drink this situation, and, and then you're dealing with those emotions that you've been battling with, but in a controlled style and probably with folks overwatching that have experience to make sure that, you know, you're not in a hurtful place you know, when you do maybe go reconcile, would reconciliation with yourself be a good way to put this, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah you're right. Like the, the centers, they've been doing this for a while. The healers have been doing this their whole life. And so they know 
how to like interact with it. And so that, I mean, that's sort of the, the purpose. And when I created the nonprofit Heroic Hearts Project, that's what we were looking to connect vets to, to make sure that they were in a safe spot, to make sure that who they got connected to were professional about it, knew what they're doing, just because it is ayahuasca and psychedelics in general are becoming more and more popular. And as with anything, what that, that breeds is a lot of people who, you know, might not might be just trying to get money or might be trying to do take advantage of the situation. And so, you know, the last thing we want are people to like hear about like, oh, ayahuasca, let me just go to Peru and jump right in because then that could set them up for all sorts of trouble. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, doing other things. I've talked to people, you know, they've maybe done peyote, but in a respectful way, in the right settings, you know, it's like there's proper ways to to take some of these different things and to find your, you know, what helps you. And so I would imagine it needs to just have, well, there's got to be some side effects, right? I'm not trying to sell this as like, this is all, you know, hunky-dory. Is there anything that should be concerning with, you know, someone who does want to just go jump right into ayahuasca or what, you know, licking a frog? Don't do that. I'm just saying like, you know, if somebody tries to, you know, I'm not saying to do that. There has to be, you know, you know, cause and reaction, you know, like, so what could happen? Yeah, That's why we set up Heroic Hearts Project is to make sure that if people go into this one, you know, we do harm reduction kind of stuff. So there are, if you're on certain medications, if you have certain medical conditions, mental health conditions, then it's possible psychedelics in a broad spectrum might not be the best bet for you or could actually be very dangerous. They interact pretty dangerously with certain like antidepressant, SSRIs, all that kind of stuff. So that's one sort of consideration. Two, you know, what we provide and what we encourage is that if you're going to do this, take it seriously. It's not just about taking, you know, some tabs of acid or just going in your basement, taking all sorts of mushrooms. Some people that helps, but you're also adding towards the uncontrollable properties. And so what we try to provide is the more control you have over it, the more control over the uncontrollable. Like you can't control the actual process, but you can control the environment, the set and the setting, and you can make sure that you're you're there safe. Right, like the doses, maybe the you doses, know, doses, all that kind of correct. stuff. Just because somebody eating all of it is not the way to go. <laughs> it's like you probably just need no, to absolutely have some, not. And if right. they, exactly, if the, and if we hear that like pretty regularly, like the bad trip, right, or people like too much mushrooms or this or that. And then they like freaked out or ended up in the hospital. All of that, like I'd say a high 90% of that is completely manageable. Generally speaking, most of the time we hear this bad trip is because it wasn't a controlled environment. They were out about at like a loud concert. They didn't have anybody to sit there. So they're in a group that was uncontrolled and somebody freaks out and that's Pred's. So if you are doing this, you want to have people there that want to are sober that can kind of control. And if you start having a really hard time, they can calm you down and remind you to breathe, remind you to, to some certain techniques. Just having the knowledge that you're in a safe spot just really allows you to let go as well. Sure. But it's also, you know, for like I said, for certain mental health issues, if you're very extreme on certain sides like PTSD or, or bipolar and you're, you know, what, what people need to understand is psychedelics are powerful, you know, and that anything that's powerful is not without its own risks. Generally speaking, the, in terms of actual, like over, there's no real overdose risk. There's no like, po- like in terms of 
toxicology and all that kind of stuff, it's actually relatively safe, but you are altering your mind. And so you have to consider that. And so what we tell people is a psychedelic state is adding a chaos factor to your brain. So generally speaking, if you're if you're relatively good, relatively stable, have a good resilience and baseline, a little bit of chaos in your brain can actually be beneficial. It mixes things up, kind of gets you out of those old, old habits. It can help you see things a little bit differently, you know, like a little cyclone in there. And then your brain allows it to restore. A little bit of the stress like that can actually be very beneficial in many of our body functions. You know, like, for instance, fasting is sort of a, a stress factor to our bodies, and that helps the body rejuvenate. So the same thing with this. But if you psychologically are very already unstable or don't have that good foundation, adding more chaos or adding that factor to your brain is not good. It can help be make you more unhinged. And so that's what we're trying to help people navigate. Like if they're very like unstable and, and that, I would not have them ever go to a psychedelic state. But if you're like a guy or a girl who, you know, is going to work every day and, and that kind of stuff, you're stable, you're able to live life, but you're just like need a reset or just being burdened down or you, you know, have this depression, anxiety, night terrors, all that kind of stuff. And you, no matter what you do, it's just not going away. For those people, generally speaking, it can be a good path there. And if you do it right, if you do it with intention and preparation, generally speaking, it's relatively safe, especially in comparison to what you see with other like pretty heavy medications. Now, this is uh, something where back in the day, like in Vietnam, the military was just to jump into a different kind of segue here with the psychedelics. They did a there's this movie called Jacob's Ladder. And it was about like introducing psychedelics to combat veterans in combat. You know, here we are talking about, you know, the right place and the right time to do these things. Is that the right place and the right time to try to, do you know anything about that? First of all, I'm not trying to like trick you or get you anything. It's called Jacob's Ladder. It's a, and you can look that up and, you know, they introduce psycho. I haven't heard of that. I've heard of, uh, I've heard of like some of the other stuff like MK Ultra, where the CIA was testing like LSD to, for mind control or this other kind of stuff. And I know there's like the military is like the men who stare at goats. Like I know there's a lot oh, of right. like kids, crazy. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I, I haven't heard of the, the one of them in, in combat, but absolutely not. So like what psychedelics do is they make you very sensitive on all sensory basis. So if you're in a bigger dose of whatever the psychedelic is, it heightens your sense of smell, your sight, your hearing, your emotion side of things. So even being, you know, if, if you've ever been next to somebody that's very anxious or sort of one of those like emotional vampires and it just exhausts you to be around them, that, that would be like tenfold if you're on psychedelics, right? And so if you're taking this while in combat, that's just making you almost like you're opening the fire hose valve of like taking in all this stuff of these negative sort of pictures and feedback and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that, that would be not only that would be even more traumatizing, I would imagine than just even experiencing it in the sober state. And so it's sort of the, uh, so I'd never say that because I would never have that of like taking a psychedelic band right. just because and then one you're distorted. So then it's well, that's where like they're giving it to them. Here you are, yeah. you know, being this first 75th Ranger guy. And all of a sudden you're just in a program. They're like, drink this cup of water. <laughs> you're just like, okay, it's a cup of water. And then, you know, that, you know, just to see if I bet 
you know, and I'm just talking level here. This is fun combo on this is they probably just want to see if you would see the, like the bullets going past you, like in the matrix, like you're just so aware, like if it does heighten your senses and does heighten your smell and your hearing and, and all these things, if it does, you know, move your swell up a little bit of your brain to, to make it more, geez, inception, <laughs> you know, like then I just, not me, I, I, this is just something that one of my social media fans had reached out and asked if I would reach out and say, hey, ask about Jacob's Ladder and if he knows about that and how they introduced that to the combat troops during Vietnam. And so that's why I brought that up. I should uh, preface that, too, by a question off the Internet. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a valid question. And, like, so, I mean, in the sense of, like, for instance, you're in, like, let's say you're in ceremony, just kind of give people – it wouldn't be like the matrix, like you can see bullets and all this kind of stuff, but it is like, if you're in ceremony, you might, if there's a noise outside, it might be extra loud or even like a light, a small can, like generally ceremonies happen at night. Cause even like a small flicker can seem like a lightning burst or something wow. along those lines. So the problem with the psychedelic in terms of like, it does enhance the senses, but it's not in sort of a sober state. So it's not like you're, bringing in it's the data is all coming in differently than what we normally in a conscious sober state take it in and so even if you have the heightened senses it's not that you'd be able to process that same sort of input in the same sort of style but that being said there is some precedent of people microdosing again it's not going to be to that degree but people nowadays microdose psilocybin or lsd often sometimes others and, you know, they note that it either increases their attention, for some it increases creativity. So there is sort of this this heightened state and it's microdose. So it's not to a level that will sort of alter, put you in that hallucinogenic state. So there is some sort of degree. I'm sure there's going to be research around it and see what, what the, the dynamic sure. of that is. But if you look at brain scans of people on psychedelics, it shows that it increases, enhances how many spots of your brain are lit up. And that's one of the reasons that we also think on a physical level that it could be beneficial. There's a lot of evidence that it might actually heal the brain on a physical level because there's some evidence that it increases neuroconnectivity and possibly sure. neurogenesis, so possibly creating new neurons and then increasing their connection around the brain. Hi, folks. This is Sean Spoons, editor-in-chief of SoftRep.com. Just here to say thank you for listening to the SoftRep Radio Podcast. We sure appreciate you giving us your time. And here's a special offer for you if you're a new member. 50% off your annual membership to SoftRep. Just click the link at the bottom of the page that brought you to us today. And from all of us here at SoftRep, thank you for listening. I'm sure that there's somebody in Israel at a hospital that's conducted these experiments because they have such an open understanding over there about like exploring uh, alternative medicine that we call it here in the U.S. is alternative medicine. So over, you know, I can only imagine them putting you into like a MRI, right? And like before and after and just watching the whole data going down, you know, uh, uh, hey, I have to say I was in this movie, this TV show called Firestarter Rekindled for the sci-fi channel. I play the character Andy McGee for Stephen King's TV series. And so my daughter is the fire starter. Okay. Just to let you know this. And the whole show is based off of me and my wife meeting in the lot six experiment in college where we just go into college for 75 bucks and get stuck with whatever or eat whatever. And next thing you know, it is a just, it's, it's called the lot six experiment. And so 
yeah. me and her, we mate and have a fire starter child with extra super capabilities to go around with her mind and lose, lose fire. Uh, go ahead and, you know, fact check me on that. I dare anyone. So you'll see that you'll see that. And so I'm just saying, it's just been around. I mean, the premise of that whole story of Firestarter, right? It's very, yeah. it's superpowers. They're taking a lot of experiments. That was back then. You know, this has been going on for quite some time. And I just noticed that I just put the two together, honestly, just now on our show. I was like, wait a second. I did this show where I played this <laughs> character and here we are talking. Now we have a friend, Dr. Martin Polanco. Right? Uh, are you familiar with Martin? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Martin and I have uh, we kind of been talking for for quite a while. So a lot of this we started in 2017. So uh, last April, this last this past April was our fifth year anniversary, and a little bit after that, or around that same time, you know, Martin, who has been doing ibogaine for a while, he started noticing in some of the vets that he was serving that there was with the Ibogaine, a different psychedelic uh, that comes from a tree bark from an African tree. Um, So different experiences, but it works on the same concepts. So he was noticing that it was being helpful for PTSD as well. And so, you know, I was starting Heroic Hearts Project. I think we officially got introduced around 2018 or or 19. And so he was, you know, around that time, I think 2019, they really started ramping up working with Navy SEALs. And so just kind of talking to each other, sort of comparing shop notes of like, hey, you're doing this. Hey, what are you, what are you studying? All this kind of stuff. Because there really was, wasn't anything out there beyond us, ourselves and Martine right. working with vets with, with this, to this degree, with with this. There's, there's studies with the MDMA and stuff, but in terms of these private sort of entities ceremony. So yeah, we just kind of kept a relationship and just kind of checked in of like what they're doing, what we're doing. And kind of more recently have now that it's all kind of have some track records and, and developed it a little bit more, really trying to circle it back and even, you know, have more collaboration to where we're, we're testing the same things. We can provide more of a pipeline we can kind of figure out where the vet's at and what makes more sense uh, for them. Because again, each of these psychedelics operate a little bit differently, but they also have different sort of risk safety profiles in terms of if you're on certain medications, certain mental or medical conditions, heart conditions, you know, where you're at in that sort of stage. So having, again, more tools in the tool chest just allows us to do what we're doing as long as each modality is understood and done properly. And Martine, just in terms of Ibogaine, has more experience than than the vast majority of the the field of working right. now with PTSD, previously with addiction. So he's working some uh, data. You know, that's what he's about. Yeah, he's trying to get that. You know, and let me just kind of segue from here because you have to go to Mexico to visit with him and his organization, right? Which is totally fine, and I get that. How would somebody go around with like, you know, yours at Heroic, you know, is there a screening process? Does somebody contact you and say, hey, you know, I've been going down this mindset and I've been dealing with this and I listened to the soft rep episode and I want to hit you up. You know, how would someone tell us that process? Yeah, so it's going to be a very similar process. Like I said, we, you know, we've, we've kind of shared notes and made sure we're doing like what's kind of creating the industry standard actually for this. So 
essentially, you know, the way we're able to operate because all of these are, are Schedule One substances in the U.S. So the maximum protect, like restricted sort of substances, it's super hard to even research it, which is why we're in this spot right now because the government's even prevented us from from prevented scientists from even studying it, which is a ridiculous Correct. notion. And so, what the other ridiculous notion is the way we operate is that veterans have to go overseas. So whether Mexico. We operate in Mexico, Peru, Costa Rica. We have a few different retreat centers that we work with in different spots that we vetted to make sure they align in safety. And so it's the same sort of degree. Somebody comes to us, they fill out the application. We do a basic sort of intakes, health and wellness kind of stuff, harm reduction to make sure that it's a good fit. Like I said, there's certain things that we have to look out for that would just be, hey, this is not for you. If they kind of if they get the green light and things are, are safe, then we do an intake process. So generally four to six weeks, we'll provide them with a coach, one-on-one peer support, preparation calls, help them out financially, financial grants, and then help them get to these retreat centers. The retreat centers have their established programs. And then when the vet comes home, they have that coach to follow up with and more sort of group support. So it's the same sort of thing. You know, we're, we're a nonprofit and Martine's The Mission Within is a, is a for-profit clinic, but they have they do a lot of pro bono work. And so we sort of work with them for a lot of SEALs that are, are trying to go to Ibogaine or what have sure. you. So it's just, again, different tools, different pipelines that we're, we're working with. Very cool. Very cool. And so you could, yeah, what a great network, because if it's not, maybe if what you're doing is not good for someone, you might be able to say, but you might want to reach out to my call, a friend of mine here at this organization, and he might be able to screen you for what this is. And so, you know, say the website very clearly. So we hear it for those listening. Go ahead and say that. Yeah. So heroic hearts project. So three words, heroic, then hearts, then project.org is the website. So our applications on there, there's more information about ayahuasca, or if you're interested in what Martine's doing, like I said, we can, we can be a pipeline to that. They're both very good options. And, you know, for people who are interested, they can reach out or find us on social media. Now, with that put out there, we'll put it in the bottom of the description of the conversation. And, you know, I'm grateful to my editors and everybody that does that for us. They make it look like magic, like poof, I did it all. So I just want to say shout out to you. I know you're listening. I know you are. So I just want to say thanks for your hard work. You're you're respected. Now, so when was the first time you tried psychotherapy? Yeah, is it psychotherapy? Is that the right word? It's tricky. We can't because it's psychotherapy is kind of a controlled term. It has to be like a official accepted therapy, you know? So for us as a nonprofit, we can't just be like, Hey, this is, but we, it's a treatment. Some people do call it psychedelic therapy. So for the sake of this, we can kind of do, do that, but it's a little bit, we we don't want to be confused with that. We're, we're not therapists and we're not trying to be, We're, we're providing access to, recovery and to reconciliation so, that's what you're offering a different yeah, exactly. alternative you know so, some people yeah eventually we want to get it <laughs> you know trying to find that that same so dopamine. eventually we want to get it to like a, a therapy sort of uh, designation it's going to get there it's already getting there like mdma assisted psychotherapy ketamine so we're not there that yet with all that and it's just sort of semantics but we want to be careful with terms so, so that people don't get mistaken but i went to my first ayahuasca session in 2017 and generally speaking and that was that was uh big that was enough for me to work with for for quite a while i have gone back partly because of the nature of this work that 
we have to vet new centers that we do. And so that involves me going into ceremony. We'll never send anybody to a ceremony or, or to a new practitioner that we haven't test run first, just to make sure that we know what's going on and, and how they're operating it. And so for people, a question we constantly get is like, oh, how often do I have to go? Do I have to go monthly? Do I have to go yearly? And this right. kind of works differently. We have to get out of that concept of this medicated model. It's kind of more having better understanding of what your body needs and checking in with it. So, you know, for me, I did go back for, for personal reasons. It was more to do a deeper dive. So the first one, I got a lot of stuff out, but there was a lot deeper that I needed to go. Some other stuff that I needed to kind of suss out and that really helped me out. And so for some people, it's kind of that some people can just do one of these psychedelic modalities and hit the ground running and never look back, never need it again. Other people might need to sort of do some deeper dives. And so generally speaking, we say it should space out, though. People should wait at least six months to a year, preferably a year, after a major psychedelic dose like this because there's so much to unfold. It takes time for it. And the big thing about this work is the psychedelic part, the actual experience, is just one part of this. The bigger, more important part is the work that's put into it. So that's the preparation, the lead up, but then what we call integration on the tail end. So the psychedelic can kind of like shake things loose, reset, help you change right. your perception. But if you don't incorporate that, those positive changes into your life, if you don't actively make good habits after that, then you're wasting a lot of the experience. It opens you up to, they call it neuroplasticity. It opens you up to having new positive pathways, but you still have to do that. You still have to wake up, go to the gym. You still have to eat right. right. You still have to lower your alcohol or whatever consumption. If you don't do that, then you're probably going to go back into the old patterns, the old sort of ways of feeling. So that's really what we like to emphasize is that it's fine for some people to go back, make sure you space it out and make sure you know what you're doing and why you're you're going back so that it doesn't just become, I'm, I'm just taking psychedelics for whatever. But a big part of it is on the individual. Like, what are you incorporating into your life to actually make it better? How are you using this advantage? Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. And so having to go to Costa Rica and like these other places, they seem to allow this. I mean, 
that's pretty, you know, yeah. progressive of them. How, has that always been legal to do these things over there? Have they always been just a believer in this, you know, this, this style of healing? Is that what it is? What do you think? So each country has each country has different laws, and it really depends on on where they're coming from. So, for instance, with ayahuasca, um, the reason you can do it in Peru is because it has an indigenous tradition, and that kind of stems into Costa Rica too. Costa Rica tends to be a little bit more open to this these things that have sort of ceremonial sides of things and natural. The same thing with even though it's a little bit tricky, but ceremonial use of mushrooms, psilocybin mushrooms oh, in Mexico. Is. Because it has a lineage dating back, yeah, psilocybin dating back, they're allowed to do it, right? So they're not necessarily, you can't go to a corner store and just buy a mushroom, but you can do it in certain contexts. And so these countries that have this rich cultural side of it, it's part of the government protecting that because it's their, it's their sacrament. It's their religion in, in, this, in a sense. It's, it's part of their culture. So that's the reason there. Other substances, you know, like Ibogaine tend to be kind of new in, the, in this side of the world. And so either they've allowed it or that it just hasn't come on their radar. So that can be kind of the case uh, with sure. Ibogaine. The reason why it's gotten exemptions is because it's so powerful for addiction and the results are hard to deny. And so little by little, those countries, because there's that indigenous tradition of it, tend to be a little bit more open to it. Whereas the U.S. is very sort of dogmatic about if it doesn't come from a pharmacy and is it, if it's not synthesized... Right then it doesn't have any validity. We're kind of coming around to that, but we have a very pharmaceutical-based understanding of medicine. Yeah, that's true. It's very true. I agree 100% that, you know, some things can change. And I guess that if you want to see change, you, our listener, can write your local uh, representative and say, hey, I think you guys should uh, back off on things and let, you know, this, this be a medicine. And if you write those people who we put in power that we vote for and say, Hey, 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 enough of us might be able to make a change. So you could take that, you know, probably and run with it too, you know, just uh, reach out and say, Hey, just legalize it. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just seems so simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the laws are changing. So if people are interested in, in making changes, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. It should be ridiculous for anybody listening that our veterans have to go to other countries to get effective mental exactly. health. Exactly. And the research is backing this up. Research from Johns Hopkins, Stanford, you know, NYU, everywhere it's going. We we're, we just started a, a partnership with University of Texas Austin to study psychedelics. All the research that's come out has just been in support that these are very powerful modalities for helping PTSD, depression, anxiety. It's still early on, but if you look at what the evidence is saying now and then the mountains of anecdotal evidence of these veterans coming and being very open about it, it's just really hard to ignore that this should be at least researched and pushed forward in terms of our understanding. And so the fact that veterans have to go overseas should be right. you know, embarrassment to anybody that, that realizes that. But there are, there are a lot of local decriminalization movements in different states, research bills, Utah and Utah just passed a research bill. Texas passed a research bill. California is looking to decriminalize. We just passed a bill in Connecticut, mm -hmm. which will push for research. So, and, and actually having veterans go through these. So if you're interested, there are, uh, you know, just find out locally of how you can help because more voices pushing um, members of Congress and, and the Senate or members, state and, and federal Congress can absolutely change this. 
And honestly, if you have a city member, a city council member, I want to be clear, you can talk to that person. And that person talks to other people in their chain of command all the way up to the governor. That Those are the people. Like, if you can reach out to your local city councilman and say, hey, you know, why doesn't our hospital here locally help with this? Maybe they can send it up the chain. You know, there's people that you can help. And like he said, there's they're like, I'm in Utah. That's cool that Utah has passed a bill that you've just told me about that to allow research. Okay. It's kind of a weird state. I would never think that, you know, I was like, pass a bill to have more wives, maybe, <laughs> but you know, so, you know, all joking aside, sorry, honey, honey, and honey over here, over listening on my show, all three of my wives. No, I would just say that, you know, <laughs> way to go, Utah. All right. I'm going to be following this. Okay. I want Utah to, to rise to the top, bro. That would be great. And the VA, if the VA could just, you know, that's that's what I'd really like to see. Just embrace it. You know, hey, just a VA section in Tennessee somewhere where veterans just meet up and fly out to Tennessee and go do it there in Tennessee, whatever. You know, it doesn't have to be. It, it just could be pre-screened. You show up, you go to the VA, you get this done in a ceremonial way, right? Like with the proper everything. I'm just saying it would be very cool to be covered by the VA. That's all. So. Just another another thing, other than pills, right? Thrills before pills, man. You know, we're kind of it's kind of a mantra around here at Soft Rep. It's like if you wanna if you feel, you know, go outside, get some fresh air, that those are all positive mental things. Behind me is my snowboards. My wife and I snowboard all the time. That's mental health for me, right? I talk about that on the shows. And, you know, if you're having a hard time and you can't get outside and something's happened to you that I don't understand, and then reach out to to Jesse here, and uh, maybe he can point you in the right direction of, of somebody that can help you. Yeah. yeah? That's what's up. Well, Jesse, Absolutely. I just want to say it's been a wonderful conversation, dude, and I hope you've really enjoyed my fireplace and my snowboards on the wall. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was good talking to you. appreciate you helping us get the word out and just having this great discussion. Well, I appreciate you being a ranger, lead the way, and uh, – I got to ask you this, though, okay? I got to ask you this before we sign off, just to keep my listener on the hook. I got a fan that asked me a question on social media, and he says, which battalion is the best battalion? Which ranger bat is the best bat? Is it first, second, third? What is it? What's the best? Who's the worst? I mean, everybody everybody knows first is the best. First is the best. First is it's the first one. It's the best one. It's in Savannah. You know, you can't beat that. I can't say the worst. The other two are, are good, too. You know, we, we, we need the whole ecosystem, but first is obviously <laughs> the best. First is always the best. Shout out to my friend Max Mullen, who's a Ranger Hall of Fame. Uh, he's out there in Georgia, and he is uh, all rangered up, too. So shout out to you, Max. We're going to get you on the show and have an interview, too. I know you're going to listen to this. Okay, well, Jesse, I think I'm going to wind down the show. I want to say thank you for being here, and I'll give you like 30 seconds to say something if you have any last comments. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, Heroic Hearts Project, we're a nonprofit, 501c3. The only way we're able to help vets, and we have a huge wait list of vets that are really looking for this, is is through donations. So if you're able to financially help out, there's an absolute need for this. And if you're a little bit skeptical, look into it. We're not trying to give everybody psychedelics, but we deserve more tools for healing. And this is one of those that's showing a huge potential. So any way you can support, we really appreciate it. HeroicHeartsProject.org. Well, thank you again, Jesse, and we'll be sure to have all that typed down in the bottom 
And I want to thank you, the listener, for and the viewer for watching us have this conversation. And if you have any questions, you want to reach out to Jesse, you'll be able to do that through the links in the bottom. Again, my name is Rad. I get the awesome opportunity to be the host of Soft Rep Radio and travel around and do all of this. So I want to say thanks to Brandon and everybody at the top that believe in me and thank you for listening. So if you have a story and you want to get on Soft Rep, just hit us up. There's a way that you can do it through softrep.com and we'd love to, you know, screen you and try to get you on the show so that we can have some cool conversations. Again, Jesse, thanks again. And this is Rad saying peace. You've been listening to Soft Rep Radio. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.